welcome to episode 34 of the Natty Cast. I'm your host, Peter Bowman, and in this episode, I had the pleasure of having my man, Christopher Barricat, on the podcast. If you don't know Chris, he is one of the smartest guys I follow for sure. He has his Master's of Science in Exercise and Nutrition. He also has a Bachelor of Science in Athletic Training. He's a certified trainer, a certified sports nutritionist, and he just he's just a wealth of knowledge. He's a fellow sponsored athlete. He works uh, with Legion Athletics, as do I. And he also has an amazing workout program. A lot of you may have heard of it, Max Hype. He created that along with my man, Chris Elkins. So if you're interested, all his information is obviously going to be in the description, but I'll have links to where you can purchase Max Hype. He is also a physique coach, a bodybuilding coach. So if you are doing a competition prep, I highly recommend him. He's not going to give you any BS, no cookie cutter stuff. It will all be backed by science and he will get you to stage looking right. He has tons of athletes that are all look amazing. So he's definitely someone you can trust. I hope you guys enjoy this conversation we're about to have. I had a really fun time talking to him. And he's definitely someone I'd like to ask more questions to in the future. So hopefully down the line, we could get him on for another episode. And yeah, let's get right into the show. My name is Christopher Barricat. First of all, thank you, Peter, for having me on, man. I'm really yeah, excited. No problem. Um, yeah, so in regards to how I got started in this fitness journey, man. Well, first of all, when I was uh, when I was pretty young, I got involved in martial arts. And I was probably around seven years old. Um, I was practicing Kung Fu and from the ages of like seven to 12, I actually took that fairly seriously. It, it wasn't one of those things where like your parents just take you once a week and like you kind of dread going like a lot of the other kids. Um, mm -hmm. It's something that like I was practicing on my own and like I was like very disciplined and I really enjoyed it. Um, and I ended up winning like a New York state championship in Kung Fu. Like I believe I was 12 years old at the time. Um, but then I kind of like fell out of love with, with martial arts and, um, I feel like it was because I, uh, accomplished like some of the things I wanted to, and then it was like no longer as fun. Mm -hmm. Um, and then after that, I got really, really involved in basketball, fell completely in love with that. And I would literally play like eight hours a day. Mm -hmm. uh, so I loved basketball. And during that time I started weight training, uh, just before basketball practice for like 30 minutes before we had practice. And I started enjoying that. Um, I was always into aesthetics to a certain degree. Like I, I didn't necessarily follow bodybuilding uh, in high school mm -hmm. at all. But man, you know, I've saw the photos of Frank Zane and I've watched Pumping Iron because my older brothers have shown it to me. Mm -hmm. And I stuff was really cool, but I didn't know much about it. Um, and what ended up happening was after, after high school, I didn't play basketball at the college level. And, um, I continued weight training just because I enjoyed it and I needed some sort of physical activity. So, um, on my first day of college, man, I, I went into this biology lab class mm -hmm. and I saw this aesthetic dude that was definitely into weight training and yeah. we just started chopping it up. And he was like, yeah, I'm like two weeks out from my first bodybuilding show. And he's like, it's a natural bodybuilding competition. I was like, what the hell is a natural bodybuilding competition? He's like, oh, they polygraph test you. And um, the winners have to, you know, basically provide a urine sample. They, they give you a piss test. 
was like, oh, wow, that's super cool. So I went to check out the show. I went to support him. And then me and him became like lifelong buddies. And um, that day when I was in the auditorium spectating, I looked at my girlfriend at the time, who's now my fiance, and I was like, I don't think I'll ever do this. Like the whole uh, posing trunks things was way too weird. And I was like, it's really cool, but it's, it's not for me. And then, and then the next day I just like, I needed to tickle that competitive bitch that I've always had. And the next day I was like, all right, I'm doing that same exact show next year. And that's exactly what I did. So, um, my first show was in 2011. I was 19 years old. Um, I did the novice bantamweight division and the team division. And I, I, uh, ended up winning both categories and I thought that I was going to get embarrassed and I thought I was going to get chewed up and I was actually about to pull out of the competition during peak week because oh, I was wow. so unconfident, um, yeah. so nervous. But once I was basically rewarded and I realized that like, wow, as long as I put in a lot of effort, I can produce some sort of positive result. I, I really wanted to continue pushing it. Mm-hmm. So you got, you said you met him in a biology class. So were you already on the path of pursuing, um, like athletic training and exercise science, um, before college, or did you sort of transition into that over the course of it, like through this first bodybuilding show and what? Yeah, that's a great question, man. So, uh, initially out of high school, my thought process was, um, to study physical therapy, to go to graduate school and get my DPT. Um, I was a physical therapy intern right out of high school. I loved the human body, and that was a subject that studying didn't feel like studying. Like, I was reading that stuff on my leisure time. So it all came very natural to me. Um, So initially, my goal was to pursue physical therapy. And at that time, I was at a a state school with my, um, my major being just liberal arts because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do for my undergraduate. Mm -hmm. And at that time I came across this athletic training program and I looked at the coursework. I didn't even know what an athletic trainer was at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and I looked at the coursework and it was like evaluation and diagnosis of upper extremity injuries, lower extremity injuries, um, kinesiology, uh, sports rehab, injury prevention. I saw all of those courses and I was like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to study this, even though I wasn't too familiar with the profession itself. Um, you have to get, you know, some sort of bachelor's degree before pursuing physical therapy at graduate school anyway. So I was going to use it as a stepping stone. Mm -hmm. And then as the years went on, you know, um, I competed again in 2013 at 21 And I really, really started falling in love with just bodybuilding. You know, I really got more involved with nutrition and obviously the physical therapy route wouldn't really tickle my fancy in the regards to the nutrition aspect. So, um, I came across this program, uh, online, the university of Tampa offered, and it was a master's program in both exercise and nutritional sciences. Mm -hmm. And it was basically the perfect program for me to study bodybuilding at a high level yeah that's awesome so from there did you find um you still had aspirations obviously of you know improving your own physique throughout this time did you find all this um schoolwork sort of 
took away from your bodybuilding and training or sort of enhanced it? Oh, no, I think um, it definitely enhanced it. And a lot of people think that this sounds a bit odd that I had so many things pre-planned down the pipeline. Like in 2011 was my first season. Um, And when I competed in April of 2013, I specifically chose that time because I started the athletic training program in June of 2013. And I wanted to um, be done with my competitive season before I started that program because I knew it was extremely time intensive Yeah, and it would require a lot of just work on my end. Right. So I didn't want to contest prep while I was focused on my study. So I knew that after my 2013 season, I wasn't going to compete until I graduated from my master. So I kind of looked like four years down the line. Um, and yeah, it, it all worked out honestly perfectly. Um, it didn't take away from my training at all. I was, you know, able to stay in a, a calorie surplus for the most part. I threw in some mini cuts um, across that four-year span just to like get leaner for the summer every here and there and kind of reassess my progress. But man, it, it worked out really well. And um, yeah, I kind of had the whole thing planned out for quite a while. Yeah, that's that's definitely good to plan ahead. You know, that's something I've sort of struggled with. Like even when I have done my, um, I did one show and it was an NPC show and mm-hmm. I did it the like stupid, I was like super ignorant to like how much time I needed and all this stuff. So essentially I didn't have enough time. I didn't give myself enough time and I just like locked in the show date from the get go. So it didn't even uh, like leave me any flexibility to sort of, you know, get into striking range and then pick the show. So I like came in, you know, on point. Gotcha. Yeah. Planning is something that's definitely I've struggled with, but now I do definitely want to compete again, you know, in the WMBF, obviously next time. Mm. Um, And I'm definitely shooting, you know, I'm planning ahead this time. Um, Definitely not uh, maybe the end of 2019, but most likely 2020. Uh, cause I really want to take some time to, you know, build more muscle again. So I think that will definitely, you know, benefit me so much knowing that I have this time to build muscle and then, you know, planning ahead before and then picking a specific date once I'm in like striking range, you know? Um, that's awesome. Yeah. That's a perfect plan, man. And I'm looking forward to following your progress throughout the cut. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, it kind of, it kind of sucks because I'm like getting into this like um, I kind of deal with that like self-sabotage like, you know, I do a lot to like learn on my own mm. um, after the fact. But like I said, I don't have, um, you know, a degree and like something I got my degree in marketing, my bachelor's in marketing. Um, and in hindsight, I really wish I would have done, you know, studied something like exercise science or like um, nutrition or like athletic training. Mm. Um, and the thing that really held me back was. Um, I did start taking like I was gonna minor in kinesiology like my junior year. My junior year was when I realized like I kind of want to pursue, you know, this fitness stuff. Um, I want to follow my passion. Um, so by that time, um, it was already I would have had to stay an extra like year at least to um, if I wanted to change my major. And biology honestly was super hard for me. I had to actually selectively withdraw. Um, essentially, which means I didn't fail the class, but I didn't get credit or whatever. So that was really hard for me. Um, And then 
I just went through a time of like not enjoying school. So like, I just wanted to get it over with and, you know, kind of, you know, start trying to do my own thing, but I'm definitely considering it, you know, down the line. I know a lot of people go back to school, so it's definitely something I'm passionate about. So it's definitely something I'd look into. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, One thing I want to say is um, the academic system as a whole is, is super flawed in my opinion. So for example, if you enjoy kinesiology and you like exercise science, you know, I know it's, it's sad, but I know a lot of people that carry those degrees Mm-hmm. still really aren't that well educated um in those topics like i feel like they just memorize information they pass the test they get a degree but they don't actually apply it they don't dig deeper and a lot of that material isn't going to directly relate to bodybuilding so there's so much you can do on your own you know the mm-hmm. the amount of information we have accessible to us now is it's pretty crazy and um even though I teach, you know, I teach part time at the university right now, just as an adjunct. Mm-hmm. I love what I do, but the thing that bothers me the most is that I'll have twenty five students in a class, and only five of them actually care. Yeah, you know, only five of them are really engaged and really want to learn, and really appreciate the information I'm sharing with them, and appreciate my time, and actually want to be in the class. And the other twenty are just there because mom and dad paid for them to be there and they need to get a grade so they can get their degree. And it's, it's really a shame. You know, I know people that don't carry any sort of formal education and they're much more knowledgeable than some that do. So it's uh, one of those sticky situations. Like it's definitely um, a public stamp of approval where it's like, Oh, this person has a formal education, so they must be educated and quote unquote professional. But Man, I've seen it swing, you know, both ways. Yeah, I'm I'm I've seen the same things. Like, for example, I have friends that um like pursue physical therapy or like kinesiology, um, but they aren't even like into like fitness. And it's just like I don't know, it's weird to me because it's like, how did you even get that like idea? Um I don't know if it's just because um they think they can make good money or they actually do enjoy it or you know what, but it's like, I don't know. It's just like, they don't live, work out at all. It's like, I just don't understand how they like came across that path. Um, yeah, but I totally agree. I used to work at a physical therapy clinic uh, at multiple physical therapy clinics. And some of the clinicians, like, like they went to freaking graduate school and they have a doctorate degree of physical therapy, like the clinical doctorate. And it's like, mm-hmm. they're not into, a physically fit lifestyle. They, even though they have that degree, they still don't necessarily understand how the body works in man at a deeper level. Like to me, kinesiology is essentially another language. Mm -hmm. So you can tell when someone is fluent in it and when someone is, you know, just kind of, uh, dibbling and dabbling, right? It's like speaking to someone in a foreign language is that like, can that person say hello and goodbye and how are you? And, you know, maybe the numbers one through 10. Yeah, sure. Can they actually have a fluent conversation with someone? Probably not. And that's really what separates like a good clinician from just the the average. But unfortunately, uh, average and, you know, what most people attain at a baseline level is really nothing too impressive. Yeah. 
I totally agree. And back to your actually the course you teach. It's nutritional. It's a nutritional supplementation course, right? Yeah. Right now, um, so I have taught three courses in total. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, I'm just teaching nutritional supplements. In the past, I've also taught intro to exercise science and a general nutrition course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's so cool. Like I would have like just thinking about if I had a nutritional supplementation course as opposed to like the other like gen eds that I completely wasted money on. Like I don't even understand why they colleges make you take like certain courses. Yeah. It's just like doesn't apply to even your major. Um, And then there's yeah. So but that is I actually tuned in. I don't know if you remember when you went you went live um, when you were teaching one time, like a while ago, I actually caught like the beginning of that. And I was just like, (laughs) I thought it was so cool. Like just learning about like supplements and stuff like that. So do you dive in? You were talking about protein, I believe Um, you were talking about like different forms of protein. Yeah. Uh, Do you delve into things like, you know, pre-workouts and all that kind of stuff too? I do, man. Um, since we're on the computer, I'm actually going to pull up the syllabus really quick just so I can tell you like all the topics I touch on. Cool, cool. Um, so the first couple of classes, I actually just talk about nutrition um, as a whole. And I mm-hmm. actually talk about how people can set up their diets and macronutrients and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. uh, you can't get into supplements until you kind of touch on the foundation, right? Oh, yeah, so for sure. All of those students, the cool thing is it is an elective. Um mm-hmm. And then all of those students are required to have nutrition as a prereq. So they have some sort of understanding. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. So the first class, you know, we talk about nutrition. Um, then I talk about, like, the rules and regulations, how the FDA works, how much supplement companies can get away with, what they can't get away with, a lot of the legal things. And then these are literally the topics. So I talk about vitamin and mineral deficiencies and how supplements can address that. I talk about cognitive function. So topic uh, supplements I t- focus on are caffeine, tyrosine, cuprazine, and different nootropics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talk about sleep enhancement. I talk about diabetes and glucose disposal agents as well as other metabolic diseases. Um, then we go into a chapter of digestive system and the immune system and like probiotics, microbiome, stuff like that. Um, then we get into hormonal optimization, um, stress reduction and herbal adaptogens. Um, and then I talk about fat oxidation and sports performance. So that's where you'll see like pre-workouts, um, beta alanine, um, citrulline malate, a lot of those ingredients that we're familiar with. Um, then I have a, Another topic on sports performance where we talk about like creatine Mm -hmm. uh, and then we get into maximizing muscle protein synthesis. So we talk about different proteins, amino acids, BCAAs, essential aminos, that whole, the whole nine. And that's basically the whole course. Um, I usually have like one or two guest lectures throughout the semester and uh, one day devoted to class presentations. But I was actually considering to create an online course Mm -hmm. and basically offer this to the public and to my followers and anyone that's interested in learning more. So, yeah, uh, I think that's a great idea because I could see even, even though I've learned, I mean, most of what I feel like I need to learn about now is more so the biomechanics. I've learned like so much about nutrition and like supplementation on my own. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd still be definitely interested in learning more because I don't, yeah, even I, I would say I know more than, you know, your average gym bro for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I still don't know the whole nine about all the amino acids and like all that stuff. So yeah, that would definitely be something that interests me. And I'm sure, yeah, a lot of people would be interested in that. That's very cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to try to go live on IG, um, a couple of times throughout the semester. Mm-hmm. Definitely stay tuned for that. And, um, yeah, my, my goal right now is to have that course, that online course complete by January 1st. So I know that's kind of down the road, but time also flies by. So it'll be here pretty soon. Cool. Cool. And then back to you. So your next, um, competition prep, is that uh, planned for 2020? I believe, man, that was the original plan. Um, but it's a hundred percent not going to be 2020. Okay. So when do you, uh, when do you think, um, just a few uh, more years or the very earliest would be 2021. Um, and I think the very latest would be 2023. Yeah. Uh, I'm not positive at the moment, but the reason it's no longer 2020 is because these past 12 months have not been very progressive for my physique. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so hard. I mean, I can just tell how busy you are. Like, I can't imagine, like I was talking to, you know, contest prep. This is something that I was bringing up to like, you know, some friends the other day, um, even though it's like the off season mm-hmm. to to me now, it's like almost harder than like, well, just even like cutting or bulking, like is mm-hmm. cutting. You're so zoned in, like you can check off the day as like being productive. If you just stayed to like, your Mac like macros did your cardio, your training or whatever, you know, but when you're, I mean, you obviously can't just do that and make a living. Like you got to do other things to be productive, which you obviously do. Um, I mean, you work insanely hard. You're always uh, doing stuff. So it's, it's, um, it's, it's so hard to, I try to voice this to like people who don't really know, like, you know, bodybuilders at the top, they're obviously all they do is bodybuild. Like they have other people like do their social media even and like things like that a lot of the time. So it's so hard to, you know, progress in the gym and then focus on all these other things. For sure, man. I I honestly believe that the times in your off season that you make significant progress is when you're dialed in the same way you are during a contest prep, right? I need to be hitting my, whether it's my macronutrient goals, my calorie goals, however I want to approach it. I need to be on top of my nutrition um, in the off season, I need to ensure that my training is intense and progressive. Like you can't just go through the motions and expect to progress. And Mm -hmm. although going to the gym is way better than staying home and not going, um, at this point in the game for me, I'm not going to accrue new muscle tissue, um, by having a mediocre training session. Like I need for sure on my lifts and uh yeah the last year has been really tough on me uh due to personal issues professional demands um and something that a lot of people don't realize is how much mental stress affects your physical appetite Uh, and that's been my issue so a lot of people are like oh just eat your damn food right just just and I guarantee you if I was force feeding myself, I would have just accumulated much more fat. And that's absolutely not the goal. So 
although I'm not happy um, that I haven't pushed my weight as high as I would like, I also know it was for the better because <laughs> because of all the other stressors going on in life. Uh, if I did push my weight, it would have been fat mass and not lean body mass, and that's not the goal. So, mm-hmm. man, all I'll say is the days I'm extremely you know, mentally and emotionally stressed, my appetite is essentially zero. And that plays a very, very big role. And that's going to affect also how you perform in the gym, you know, Mm -hmm, for sure. So what are you doing with um, nutrition at the moment? Like, what are your macros? Um, Even how is your how is your training right now? Is it more so um, intuitive being super busy, um, sort of auto regulating or? Yeah, so to be honest with you, the last six to eight weeks have been amazing in regards to training. That's awesome. Um, I kind of revamped my training program a bit. I'm still utilizing uh, the max hype training principles mm-hmm. in that program that me and Chris Elkin sell together. Um, but it's odd. I'm, I'm running a slightly different split that's out of our, it's actually out of our beginners program because there's less variation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've made it more complex and made it more progressive for my own needs and kind of, um, yeah, just made it more customized for myself. So right now I'm doing a upper, lower, off, push, pull, legs, off, repeat, five-day split. Mm-hmm. And it's been going really well. Um, not really using any sort of periodization. I'm just l- trying to progress in a very linear fashion. Yeah. Um, I'm keeping my, my loads, this, my, my rep goals the same each week where in the past I was always kind of undulating my rep goals and, and playing around with other variables. I'm, I'm keeping a bit more simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from a nutrition standpoint, I basically aim to hit between 225 and 250 grams of protein per day mm-hmm. and hit 3,200 calories. So I'm allowing my fats and carbs to fluctuate. Um, not giving myself a specific stat and carb, uh, macronutrient goal, but I am making sure that I hit around 3,200 calories and of those 3,200, you know, 225 to 250 coming from protein. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm experimenting, I'm doing a higher protein approach that would definitely be considered a high protein approach for the, you know, more so general public, especially based off, um, I'm trying to hit at least 250. Um, have you always gone high protein in your other off seasons or is this, um, something new that you're experimenting with? Yeah. So I've been around 220 grams for the last freaking I don't even know, four years. I've probably been at 220. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm definitely trying to hit that 250 mark on a more regular basis. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, man, there's a few reasons why. First of all, a lot of the clients that I work with, some of those people that contact me for coaching and inquire about those services, when they come to me, if they have a great freaking physique already, Uh a trend that I see with those people is that they eat extremely high protein. Yeah. Uh, and I've had some friends in the past that were just absolute monsters at like 21 years old at a very young age, and they were eating a ton of protein. And um, there is some research supporting that 
higher protein diets, and I mean pretty extremely high, have led to more lean body mass gains and less fat mass gains while in the calorie surplus. So obviously mm-hmm. the goal is to gain weight, but we also want to maximize muscle accruing and minimize fat gains. So, I mean, I'm just experimenting with it now. I might even push the envelope higher to like 275, but I'll, I'll wait until my body weight gets up. Yeah. So yeah, far, I'm just a, yeah. So far, I'm just a huge fan of it. Like I find it, you know, it keeps me more satiated. And right now, I'm sort of um, reverse dieting, so oh, I think nice. it's really helped me with that um, in terms of staying on track. Um, so, um, and yeah, I know a bunch of others are like a huge fan. Like Cliff Wilson's like extremely. He's a huge fan of high protein, mm-hmm. um, and I think the science, yeah, is really there. Um, to support it, you know, being like the most thermogenic, obviously helps with putting on less fat and things like that. Um, a quick side, um, question, um, this just kind of like occurred to me. Um, is there a difference between like consuming a whey protein and like a chicken in terms of like the thermic effect? I just feel like the body, um, could like assimilate whey so much easier than it could like chicken breast. Um, yeah, it's, that's interesting. So from a scientific standpoint, not there's not going to be a significant difference at all. Mm-hmm. Um, also, because the actual amino acids that basically make up your whey protein and the amino acids that make up chicken are very, very similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing I will say is I do think there is a pretty big difference between eating something like a sirloin steak and eating something like a piece of salmon in regards to how quickly your body is going to digest that protein mm-hmm. and something a lot of people probably overlook. Um, yeah. So yeah, like that, I think that comes into play more. So when it comes to like a pre-workout meal, uh, what protein source you're utilizing, you obviously want to use something that's going to be pretty easy to digest, especially depending on, um, how far out from the workout session you actually are. And then maybe what protein sources are you using before you go to bed, you know, um, Mm -hmm. use a casein sort of protein, maybe Greek yogurts and some sort of dairy products, or are you going to do something like steak? Um, I I definitely think, you know, having a whey protein shake right before you go to bed um, obviously isn't a bad thing, but it's probably not the optimal protein source to use either. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, So next, I I wanted to ask you about this too. I've been hearing um, some a bit recently about inflammation and, you know, managing inflammation. I've seen that seems like a really hot topic um, these days, more and more so, especially with the emergence of, you know, CBD becoming super popular. Yeah. Um, And recently I've been learning more. I thought I used to previously think that inflammation, you know, is obviously, you know, you have to be inflamed to, you know, when you work out and build muscle, you obviously are creating inflammation. Um, but so many people I feel are trying to like blunt this inflammatory response. Um, but wouldn't that have sort of a negative impact on the, you know, positive inflammatory response you could say from your muscle building? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question, man. So there's a lot of different theories and perspectives and viewpoints out there. Um, so I'll try to cover a little bit of all of them, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, yeah, so obviously when you are training, you are going to basically create an inflammatory cascade, right? You're 
breaking down muscle tissue, you're causing some sort of muscle damage. And as a recovery response, your body does upregulate inflammatory processes um, to improve the recovery response. So a lot of people are still trying to supplement with ingredients that reduce inflammation because they feel like that's going to actually enhance the recovery response or allow you to train that body part sooner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there might be a negative effect by trying to uh, alter the natural healing response, so to speak. And are you familiar with uh, Dr. Andy Gallopin? Yes, yes. I think that's actually where I heard it from on another podcast. Yeah, so he's been talking about this a lot where it's like maybe we shouldn't be so concerned with anti-inflammatory agents, whether it's from supplements or from food, especially around the training window, right? So Mm -hmm. not the ideal for you to take um, something like a fish oil pre-workout or something like turmeric post-workout because those supplements are going to blunt that inflammatory response and that might actually be more anabolic, right? The inflammation response itself, mm-hmm. growth factors along with it, and it can be really beneficial for the recovery process. So I think that's one aspect of it. But when it comes to reducing systemic infl- inflammation compared to localized inflammation, that's a huge difference, right? So um, let's use localized inflammation as, you know, let's say you train legs the next day you're sore AF and uh, you're trying to basically reduce DOMS and improve the recovery there. Mm -hmm. I would consider that localized inflammation. Um, I don't think that's something that you have to focus on when it comes to supplementation and nutrition. Like just make sure you're consuming enough protein, um, possibly perform some static stretching and mobility work and let your body do its thing. Mm-hmm. However, if you have systemic inflammation, let's say you've been eating a ton of processed foods, your gut health is thrown off, you feel bloated, um, you have a lot of joint pain, and you just don't feel good overall, like you have fluid accumulation throughout your body, maybe swollen ankles, or just things aren't things aren't functioning optimally. Mm-hmm. That's when you definitely want to, A, improve your diet and then, B, focus on, quote-unquote, anti-inflammatory supplements. So I think that's where things like the fish oils, the turmeric, um, the fermented foods and probiotics and stuff like that come into play. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I myself have, like, experimented with high-dose turmeric, and I was doing it – I wasn't doing it around training. I was doing it – with my last meal before bed. Um, and then I'd obviously take that with like usually, um, whole eggs, uh, Mm. for the fats to like help it absorb. Uh, but I would notice it was weird. Like, um, I felt like, I don't know if it has anything to do with it, but I'd like wake up and I'd be like flatter than normally. Um, I don't Mm. know if that had anything to do with like inflammation, but that's just something I like noticed, but I was doing like fairly, uh, fairly high dose. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right now, I, I personally take the Fortify supplement by Legion at night. Like mm-hmm. that's, I take that with my last meal of the day. Um, yeah. And turmeric's one of the main ingredients in there. So 
Yeah, it's, that's interesting. I, I haven't noticed anything myself, but I'm also not nearly as lean as you are right now. So it's harder to see those, uh, those visual changes. True. You're probably, honestly, you're probably leaner than me. <laughs> I'm uh, not, my body is, has a weird way of distributing it. And then like, I also am, you know, with Instagram, you know, filters, all that good stuff. You, you, know, you never really know what someone looks like. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sitting at like 10%. Like I know that, but, um, it's weird. My, my legs and my arms stay decently lean, but my midsection is where I hold most of my fat. So yes, uh, I, I'm the same way. My midsection mainly less so my back more so my, like, you know, my ab region. Yeah. Where I, you know, store most of it, which is unfortunate because if that stayed leaner year round, I could, you know, market myself better on Instagram, but yeah, like my boy Elkins. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His abs are absolutely nuts. It's so not fair. He can be like just complete off season and still looks like his abs pop more than mine. Yeah, I know, man. It's crazy. It's, they're very, very well developed and he has a lot of muscularity there. So it's, I mean, I, something I need to work on for sure because it's part of my training that I definitely neglect and don't enjoy. And, uh, you know, I just need to step it up. Yeah. I'm the same way. Actually right now I've never done this, but um, I'm actually dealing still with some like hip pain and I had like ankle problems a while ago. I tried Mm -hmm. to push through it, which it stemmed from a car accident. It's still like sort of swollen. It's weird. I got like an MRI. There was no, uh, I thought there may be like a hairline fracture at first. There was no hairline fracture. Um, there, then the doctor told me there may be like cartilage displaced. Uh, we found there was no cartilage displaced, but it's still like a little swollen and it just kind of messes with my whole mobility. Um, it kind of threw off my posterior chain. Uh, oh, wow. So my hip was like kind of thrown off. So it, I'm still not squatting and my leg days are kind of, you know, been thrown to like the back burner. So I actually have a day now um, in my training program, which I call it abs and legs. And I put abs first just because I've never prioritized abs That's in, awesome. my, in my whole life. So um, it's weird because um, it kind of sucks, like not hitting legs as much. But then again, like I've went hard on legs my whole career. Like it's not it doesn't hurt to, you know, dedicate like a mesocycle or some training blocks to, you know, something else. A hundred percent. I totally agree with that. Yeah. So as far as um, another question I wanted to ask you about um, was adrenal fatigue. Now, I know that term gets like thrown around a lot or like metabolic damage. Um, And I think largely it's been like sort of dispelled, but I still hear like other experts bring it up from time to time. So I was wondering what your opinions were on like adrenal fatigue or like managing maybe some symptoms that people consider adrenal fatigue. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I will say that at least I consider adrenal fatigue and quote unquote metabolic damage to be two very different, different things in general. But, um, I would say metabolic damage is definitely pretty much BS in my opinion. Um, it's not, it's not permanent damage. It's basically just, you know, adaptation and everyone kind of just goes back and forth between whatever they want to call it, depending on how they're marketing it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Metabolic adaptations are totally normal, especially during prolonged calorie deficits. And as body fat levels get low, um, it's, it's very, very normal. So just for example, um, if you're a male, 
and you're in a calorie deficit for an extended period of time, your testosterone levels are going to drop. Um, your thyroid hormones are probably going to downregulate as well. And that also just comes with having lower body fat levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason why I don't like the word damage is because once you get back into a calorie surplus and you give yourself time and you're eating nutrient-dense foods and you regain some body fat, you go back to baseline and you get back to normal. So um, it is a temporary thing, but it's something that it's basically impossible to avoid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you just kind of deal with it. But on the other hand, um, I know a lot of people say that adrenal fatigue is BS, and that's something I definitely disagree with. I understand that there's a lack of evidence in the literature, um, but something that a lot of people are doing now are, A, abusing stimulants, so they're taking insane amount of caffeine on a daily basis, for example. Mm-hmm. They're also getting very poor sleep. Um, so I think... Those are two of the primary factors that can cause adrenal fatigue. Um, I think sleep is something that people do not prioritize enough. And in today's society, it's just kind of like forced upon you to sleep less than we're actually supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what are, what are your thoughts? Um, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. As far as the metabolic damage... Um, I kind I kind of played a victim um, a while ago, thinking that I had it. You know, woe is me from the way I did my my prep and the way I've just been. I've been mainly dieting. You know, I did a dirty bulk um, about three years ago, and pretty much ever since then, I've been in the most part in a deficit. Um, so I just noticed. Um, I kind of dealt with dealt with the whole yo yo thing. Like I would you know, go out on weekends, eat, and then, you know, restrict. Um, I kind of went through that whole process. Plus, um, the way I crash dieted for my contests, obviously sort of, sort of really messed me up for a while. And now I'm actually, you know, experiencing some great results with my reverse diet so far, which I started, um, I was intuitively eating beforehand, um, roughly some days I would eat more, some days less. I wasn't tracking, just making sure I got my protein at least over like 200 grams at the time. Mm. And I was probably finishing the days between like 22 and like 3,200 calories, um, somewhere in there. So a month, about a month ago now, I started an actual reverse diet at like 2,630 calories, I believe. Um, and now I'm at roughly 2,900 and Mm. My first weigh-in was 193.9, and I weighed in today at actually 193.7. And the lowest I've seen, I've actually dipped down to like 191. Um, my highest was like 195. So essentially, I haven't really gained weight yet, which is awesome because I was someone who like would see people reverse diet before, and like that's not like possible. Like I, I just didn't think like, I could do it. So yeah. it's so awesome to like actually put some of these methods into play and like see them work out. Um, so, and that's been obvious. And that's also been without like a hundred percent adherence. I've gone out um, on a few Fridays and like went over, but just got back on track the next day. Um, and previously I would have been like, Oh shit. Like I, I went way over my calories next day, you know, chopped the calories or like fasted forever. 
This yeah. time it's just been right back on track and it's been working amazing. So it's just cool to like, you know, see these things work for yourself. Yeah. So I can definitely feel, I can feel my metabolism building like at the moment because, you know, you just have more energy. Like I have more energy. I've been going on like more walks and like all this like stuff that like I wouldn't have done before just cause I was like so tired. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So if you're feeling physically better, it's pretty safe to say that your hormones are probably upregulating as well. So that's, mm-hmm. that's, and are you yeah. taking um, additional herbal adaptogens? Yes, I do. I take um, Legion's uh, Genesis from time to time, which has ashwagandha, but I yeah. also have ashwagandha, which I take in the mornings. Um, that's really um, the only real adapt- adapt- adaptogen I've been taking at the moment. Okay. I've also experimented with like some mushrooms. Have you tried uh, reishi or like chaga or lion's mane? Any of those? I I mean I've tried it like literally like once or twice like a sample, but I've never taken like a thirty day supply. Yeah, um, yeah. I I mean the reishi is in in Genesis as well, so I take that daily. But mm-hmm. then taken like four sigmatic or anything like that. Yeah, I've experienced the modus. I haven't really noticed. Um, you know, it's hard to kind of pinpoint things when you're doing so much other stuff at the same time, really. It's hard to like, you know, dial it in. But I've definitely noticed um, the green juice and like um, ashwagandha. I think that's been, you know, helping a lot. Um, but yeah, that's um, that's the main things. I haven't really supplemented with um, much else. And right. speaking of, yeah, the hormones, I actually got my testosterone checked a while ago. And it wasn't too pretty, like a few weeks, like around the start of the this reverse diet. Okay. Um, and it obviously came back in the normal range because uh, that range is like massive. But yeah. I think it was three. Uh, my total was 398 and my free testosterone was like 69. Um, uh, that's not bad at all, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I forget what the doctor uh-huh. said. He, he said like um, he obviously said um, it was in the normal range, but he said you know, it could be higher for like a guy my age. Like I think the average for a guy my age was like 650 or like 670 or something. Yeah. How old are you? Uh, I just turned 23 a few, okay. a few, like a week ago. It'll probably increase as your calories are coming up and as you continue the reverse. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm thinking. That's why I'm excited, super excited to get it tested again when I'm like, get my calories up even higher. Yeah. The Well, the scary thing is when I contest prep, man, my, my testosterone got down to 119. Damn, bro. And, um, you don't even want to know what yeah. my my free test was at 2.1. Dude, that is insane. So I was basically like a female. Yeah, you were nasty lean though. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, didn't feel good. Um, looking to supplementing with uh, rhodiola rosea and also Korean ginseng. Check those out. Okay, that sounds like a plan. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I guess we've, we've talked for quite a bit now. Um, I don't really, I know you're super busy. I don't want to hold you up too much long, too much longer. Um, you've covered a lot of what I wanted to ask you. So awesome, man. Do you have anything else, uh, you want to say or touch on or, um, nothing in particular, but you know, for those listening, if you guys have any questions, you know, feel free to reach out to me. Um, I'm most active on Instagram and my handle is at Christopher dot Um, and what else could I say? If you guys are, you know, interested in looking for a training program and want some more structure, 
definitely check out maxhypetraining.com. And then for those of you that are potentially interested in one-on-one coaching, um, feel free to check out competitivebreed.com. And you guys can check out my team and my athletes over there. Awesome, Uh, man. Yeah. Peter, I really appreciate you having me on, man. Oh, yeah. No no problem. I really enjoyed the conversation. And I think, yeah, everyone who listens will, too. And I'll obviously have, yeah, Max Hype and all your information um, in in the description so people can check that out. And just again, I know you're very busy, so I appreciate you giving me some time of your day. Oh, no, you got it, brother. All right, guys. I really hope you enjoyed that episode with Chris. Thanks for taking the time to listen. Real quick, if you enjoyed the podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a rating and review on iTunes. It's fairly simple. If you just search the NattyCast and then leave a rating and review, Um, That would be amazing. So I'd really appreciate that. And lastly, I now have a discount code for Legion Athletics. You no longer have to purchase through my link. You can use the code PETER10 and get 10% off everything they have to buy. So that is awesome. Um, I'm really glad I got that worked out. So please head over there if you're interested in any supplements or anything like that. All their stuff is top of the line, clinically dosed, no proprietary blends, naturally sweetened, and they even have a 100% money back guarantee. So if you're not satisfied, you can get your money back. So essentially, you have nothing to lose. That's the last thing I wanted to touch on. So thank you guys for tuning in, and I will talk to you guys next time.